Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. It's a five and a half minutes past 12. This is a Midday Live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Welcome. My name is Bongi Kuala and it's good to have you with us. Uh, we welcome your SMS is 34701. Uh, we are also available on Twitter. You can tweet us at Kuala P News at SAFM Midday Live. And a uh, lot of stories coming through today and uh, we welcome your uh, comments really on these stories. Uh, this week marks the first anniversary of uh, the killing of 44 people, the majority of whom were striking mine workers at Lone Mains Marikana Mine in South Africa's Platinum Belt. Uh, we'll bring you, uh, we'll take you back 12, exactly 12. 12 months, thereabout, uh, just uh, a day or so before uh, the killing of at least the 34 miners, but at least uh, after the 10 had already been killed. You'll hear uh, from uh, the mine management at uh, Lon Min, but also you'll hear from uh, AMCO President uh, Joseph Matunjwa and uh, Nooms uh, Senzeni Zogwan right here on uh, Midday Live. But our top story this hour indeed is that of uh, Kostatu's special sitting of the Central Executive Committee currently underway in Johannesburg at Kostatu to house discussing the fate of uh, the Labour Federation's General Secretary Zolindzi Mavavi this uh, after Vavi accused by a COSATU staff member of having had uh, non-consensual sex uh, with her in her office uh, in January 2013. Vavi denied raping her. Meanwhile, it's reported that uh, the fight in COSATU uh, over General Secretary Vavi's fate has claimed its first casualty uh, with uh, the suspension of um, President of uh, Teacher Union SATU. We'll come back to uh, that particular suspension, but Let's talk now to our reporter, senior political reporter, Busi Chimombe, who is at the Kosatu House. Uh, Busi, it would be fair, really, uh, to suggest that uh, Kosatu House this afternoon is a hive of activity. Oh, indeed, uh, Bongi. Um, this story has, as you know, you understand, has uh, attracted a lot of media uh, attention. So there's scores of journalists here from, from all media houses. Um, basically, we've been uh, here since about 9 o'clock this morning. Um, the meeting was supposed to start at about 10. Uh, but And about that time, we saw a lot of um, the leaders of uh, the affiliate unions of COSATU then coming through the doors. Uh, and uh, we were fortunate enough to be allowed to actually take uh, pictures uh, of uh, the meeting just before it started. And I can tell you that it was, it's a full house. Uh, at, um, at, uh, at, at this particular meeting, you'll know that for the meeting to correct, for a meeting like this to go ahead, there has to be at least half of uh, the representatives from the different affiliates for it to go on. And I don't think there's any fear in this case uh, that uh, they will be, they, they, the, the meeting will go on. Uh, I don't think that any affiliate in Kosato worth their salt uh, will want to miss out on this particular matter. Mm. And it's a closed meeting. The media is not allowed inside uh, that uh, particular meeting, at least for now. It is a closed meeting, and at no point will it be an open meeting. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the way that uh, journalists do, we have an idea of, uh, you know, some of the things that are going to be on the agenda. But specifically, uh, it's going to be uh, about um, the General Secretary and this extramarital affair, and uh, if he has brought, brought the the organization into disrepute. Another aspect that they're going to be uh, discussing will be uh, some of the public statements that um, Mr. Vavi made um, directly after the revelations of uh, the scandal came out uh, to see if uh, perhaps uh, the wisdom of uh, some of the things 
that he actually uh, uh, did say. But what we can also expect, Bongi, is that uh, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll know that on Monday, Mumsa brought out a, um, a, a statement basically saying, trying to, to make sure that the CEC was not going to go ahead. And the basis of that is that they said that the way it was convened was not in the constitution of uh, Kosatu. And this is an assertion that Kosatu, the Kosatu leadership itself has uh, disagreed with. So we can expect that in the, in, 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 in the opening sessions of this particular CEC, there will be a lot of discussion about the constitution, the constitution, uh, you know, some of the clauses in the constitution and uh, how these relate to the, the, the convening of uh, this particular meeting. And uh, of course, uh, uh, you, you highlighted the issue of NUMSA. They, they, they are reluctantly attending this uh, CEC because uh, they, they wanted, they wanted it scrapped. They failed in that attempt. Uh, but I'm just uh, trying to, to, to drive at the tension uh, as, as you walk in the Kosatu ha- into the Kosatu House today. Really, you've got NUM on the other side with Nehau and, uh, uh, and Pop Crew, and you've got uh, Satu divided uh, right in the middle, and you've got. Uh, uh, um, and um, uh, the the, the uh, num, uh, what, what is it uh, the, uh, the the municipal uh, uh, union and you've got Samu uh, yes you've got Fau so really it's a it's an interesting time at at, at Kosatu House indeed and what actually makes this, the the plot thicken a little bit in terms of this particular meeting is just as we were leaving Kosatu, as we were leaving the, the venue of the meeting, we saw Mr. Vavi himself actually entering. So it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, you know, uh, because uh, what has happened as in, in media reports and in, in, in that sort of thing, a lot of these affiliates have been unwilling to show their hand in terms of where they specifically stand in terms of this matter. Now, they're going to have to do this in this particular meeting. They're going to take some kind of stand in terms of whether uh, Mr. Vardy needs to be disciplined or not. And uh, this is going to happen in the, in, 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 probably in the very presence of uh, the, general, the, the General Secretary himself. Thank you very much uh, to our senior political reporter, Busi Chimombe. As you heard, uh, this fight has claimed its uh, first casualty uh, with the suspension of uh, the president of uh, the teacher union, Satu Toby Lendola, uh, speaking on uh, AM Live this morning. This is what uh, Mr. Ndola had to say. I'm suspended on two grounds. As they said, I was there part of the meeting when I was suspended. One was said that uh, as the president of the organization, that's why they are arguing that I am the custodian of the constitution, which I guess they are actually raising because they wish when it is actually convenient for them. That uh, I was not supposed to have uh, allowed Vavi to speak in both ways of them. Yet I had nothing to do who had invited Vavi. For that matter, in that meeting, it was not Vavi. There was also Stone Messivan, who is a MS of the ANC, whom they seem not to be worried about. Second one was the, the fact that uh, I was not supposed to have responded to media uh, when I was asked, uh, what do I think about uh, the presence of Vavi? Uh, have we lost confidence or gained confidence? And I said that uh, in the Australian revolution, we don't usually... Of course, in memorial, lose confidence on living human beings. And I then stated that uh, there are many issues confronting the workers and the working class, which some of them are beyond our eyes, uh, which I think we are supposed to be looking at. Those are the things I stated, and uh, that's what uh, actually they, they are suspending me for.
and uh, that's uh, Satu's uh, president, or at least suspended president, uh, uh, Toby Lentola, speaking on AM Live this morning. Let's talk now uh, to uh, the independent uh, Labour analyst, uh, Mr. Terry Bell. Thank you very much for holding on for quite uh, longer, uh, Mr. Bell. But uh, has uh, this this thing, uh, this CEC meeting at least, has got nothing to do with uh, the sex scandal? At least it would it would appear. Yet it's got everything to do with it. Well, it has actually everything to do with it. <laughs> to say anything else is nonsense. I mean, uh, Sadhu Damini, the president of Kassati, has been saying that it has nothing to do with just a normal meeting, which, of course, it is not. And, in fact, the, the, the action taken, but not by Kassati, one must get this clear, the action was taken by Sadhu. Sadhu, as the teachers' union, is an independent affiliate of the Kusatu Federation. So Satu have taken action in terms of their own constitution. However, it's just very convenient because what that means is that uh, Tobila and Tola can't attend the CEC meeting. And it is obvious that he has come out as something of a probable supporter of Zuelinzi Mavavi in this definite split within Kusatu. So uh, he is, yes, indeed, it's right to call him the first casualty. Mm. And uh, it was very strategic on the side of Satu then. Oh, yes, most definitely, because Satu is one of the unions, along with Nihawu, who have been the most vociferous uh, supporters of the group against Tulindim uh, Mavavi. It all comes down to the politics of the alliance, the support uh, for the present leadership of the ANC under, under President Jacob Zuma, and those who feel that it, the ANC has been taken off on the wrong track. The one thing that unites both factions is that they both still seem to see the ANC as the only way forward. It's just a matter of getting it back onto the track as far as people like Vavi are concerned, or the group around Vavi, and that includes uh, Irvin Jim and the Numsa people, and, and uh, Fikila Madhu, uh, uh, can't remember, or Masangula from, from uh, FAWU, the Food and Allied Workers Union. Mm. Uh, they just want to get it back on the right track. Now, the point is that all of them are aware that there is an election coming up. Mm. I think that Dumsa has played a great deal of political brinkmanship by threatening basically to say Kusata will split if you go ahead and you expel or take severe action against Vavi. And I think in the long run, the probability is there will be a heated meeting, at the end of which I think uh, the likelihood is that Zulintimo Vavi will be heavily censured for having behaved in an irresponsible manner, which he's already admitted to, and he may be condemned or given some sort of censure, I'm not sure what, some sort of sanction, but not expelled or suspended. And in order just to keep Kusatu together, which is what they both sides see as important while the ele- with the election looming. And uh, th- this threat by uh, NUMSA that they will walk away, uh, they had said if uh, this uh, CEC meeting uh, uh, continued, they will walk away. Uh, but also they even spoke of uh, a split. How, how real is that threat? I don't think it's a real threat. I think it's, that's why I say political brinkmanship. I think they're threatening. They're actually pointing out, and it is true, that Numsa may not split, but if Vavi is expelled, he still happens to be, by far, I think, the most popular Kosatu leader among the rank-and-file, rank-and-file members. This was shown last year at the Kosatu Congress, where there was a move within the leadership to get rid of Vavi as well, well before this coming election, because they saw him as too much of a maverick. 
they couldn't do it, and mainly because people like Irvin Jim of uh, NUMSA went around lobbying the rank and file, and it was rank and file members, because unions, no matter how bureaucratized they've become, are still highly democratic in many ways, and it's the rank and file that Slavia is able to appeal to over the heads of the Kosato leadership and the leadership of the various affiliates. And that is the real danger, that even if they don't split, you will have a hemorrhaging of members out of Kosato unions is a likelihood should Bali be disciplined. And uh, let's go back to NUMSA here. How, how, how do you think they would have preferred this matter was, was handled? Because uh, th- th- there, is, there is a challenge here that uh, this, this, this act of sex happened, happened at, the, at the office of COSATU. So how would you think they would have preferred this matter was handled? Well, the point is they have a point when they argue that, you know, Vavi was initially accused of financial impropriety over the sale of the uh, COSATU house. But, I mean, they obviously haven't even consulted their own treasurer's report because that showed that Vavi himself could not have done that. The point is that they're saying, now you're calling the CEC meeting. We want to have a special Congress called, which means bringing the rank and file again, which has been turned down. Now, that's NUMSA's play has been, let's go to the membership and not deal with this in a bureaucratic manner. And... Um, so far, they haven't managed to, to carry that. Mm. The danger is, of course, that NUMSA is now the largest affiliate. And the reason that NUMSA has grown as fast as it has in recent months is because it has taken on members from the National Union of Mine Workers. Some have gone to NUMSA. Many more have gone to AMCU. But it has already started fraying uh, at the edges the whole of the Kusatu setup. And they can't really afford, I think, in the long term, they look at it and say, look, let's keep together. And I think those who are opposed to Vavi say, after the election, we'll try and deal with them. And that special Congress would have meant early elections. And who would that Congress then favoured? Well, that's one of the problems, you see. It would have been a real, that would have been a metaphoric bloodletting. And I think that what uh, the NUMSA people were pushing for, along with Fawu and a couple of the others, uh, would be let's get rid of Sadu Lamini as the president because he is seen as representing the other faction, the, the so-called pro-Zuma faction, as opposed to the Vavi faction. We might have seen a huge upset uh, in terms of the leadership of Kosatu if they had called a special congress. Maybe we wouldn't, but I think it's, it's probable. And who has uh, the upper hand right now as things stand? Within the leadership, uh, the majority definitely within the uh, CEC of Kosatu uh, are opposed to Vavi. And that was obvious even at the last Congress. But, as I say, he has the majority support among the rank and file. And without the rank and file, the leadership are in trouble. So there has to be some sort of compromise. And I think they've been masters of this for a long, long time. People have been talking splits in Kosatu for the last... 10, 15 years. They've never come about. There have been all sorts of contradictions that have just continued being papered over. And I think, once again, this is going to result in another bit of papering over. We thank you very much, uh, Terry Bell. He is independent uh, Labour analyst. But uh, just let's go back quickly to uh, the suspended uh, sat to President uh, Tobilen Dola, giving the reasons why he's supporting Vavi. I guess in my in my view that there are many possibilities uh, of what could happen in the Federation today. 
uh, there are those who have been, of course, looking for the blood and the heart and head of Wolzolinga Mavazi. And there are those who have been defending, uh, who have viewed that Vazi is actually the one of the fighters of the Federation uh, of Workers in this country and who have been defended and who believe that, uh, yes, he might have uh, committed a mistake and who are happy that he has actually apologized. There are those who have that view and who feel that uh, 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 judgment of error can be pardoned and ensure that federation is moving forward and not restored like it is. There are those who want him out because they think that uh, federation should actually be the, the labor desk of the government and so it must not take up issues. There must be one line of thought in the country. Suspended Satu President Tobile Ndola ending that special look at the Kosatu Central Executive Committee meeting currently underway at Kosatu House in Johannesburg at 22 past 12. Our top story this hour, Eastern Cape Economic Development MEC Mkavisi Jonas says that the proposed nuclear build program has enormous uh, developmental significance for the province. Looking at the markets this hour, gold is trading at $1,323.66 an ounce, platinum at $1,487.01 an ounce. The rand is trading at 10 rand against the US dollar, at 15 rand 47 to the pound, and at 13 rand 25 cents to the euro. Do you want to learn how to pitch your business idea effectively? Do you want to take your existing business to the next level? Engine Pitch and Polish in association with SAFM is setting the stage for entrepreneurs. If you believe in your business idea and would like some guidance, then we want you to attend our inspiring workshop where you will receive expert training and tips. This free workshop is coming to a town near you. For more info, SMS P-I-T-C-H, your name and city, to 45982. Register online at pitchandpolish.com or phone 011-566-2000. SMS costs 150. Season C apply. It's never too late to start living your dreams. Where they see the impossible, I see all kinds of possibilities. I'm a hustler, a risk taker. I keep moving forward. I contribute to something bigger than myself. Boldly, I venture into the unknown. I'm an innovator. I learn, I grow, I play, and I do. I am living a dream. I'm an entrepreneur. And I'm on the Big Break Legacy every Saturday at 9 on SABC2. Midday Live on SAFM, 104 to 107. This week marks the first anniversary of the killing of 44 people, the majority of whom were striking mine workers at Lone Mines Marikana Mine in the Platinum Belt in Rustenburg. On the day before the massacre at Marikana, when the death toll stood at 10, our sister show, The Forum at 8, spoke to the mine management and both unions, AMCU and NUMU, and uh, NUM rather, uh, on this matter. Let's hear first from Bernard Mukwena speaking on behalf of Lone Min Mine. Well, what happened um, Friday a week ago, we uh, saw groups of employees, mainly rock drill operators, uh, who were gathering at um, at uh, our stadium. And um, we then triggered our security and the police uh, because we became suspicious that they may have been gathering there for uh, a meeting, which we were obviously not aware of. So the police obviously arrived and uh, spoke to the crowd, and the crowd had grown big, um, estimated to be in the region of 3,000 people. 
They then persisted and marched from the stadium to our offices. Uh, the police guarded them. Um, somewhere towards mid-morning, they then were dispersed by the police. We know that they were mainly rock drill operators because our system can detect who is at work and who's not at work. It was, of course, illegal. Um, uh, they've, they've literally broken all laws. And from the beginning, they didn't obtain any po- um, permission in terms of Public Gatherings Act. Mm. They had absolutely no respect for existing company procedures okay. in terms of mass meetings and absolutely no regard for prescripts of Labor Relations Act okay. in terms of the rights of workers. Bernard Mukwena speaking on behalf of uh, Lonmin Mine Management, uh, speaking last day, just a day before the Marikana massacre. AMCO President Joseph Matunjwa and NUM President Sanzeni Zokwane had this to say just hours before the event. On Friday, the marchers, as they were marching to, to gather at the stadium, passing NUM offices, guys came out of the offices of NUM wearing the t-shirts of NUM and some driving a kumbi fired at the workers. There was no firing at anybody on Friday. We knew very well that this strike or this court march was only a ploy to dislodge NUM because they could not act organize us on the mine in using proper normal organizing tools. Then we said to the mine, can you please make sure that security is available? And those poor security guys were killed over this weekend while guarding the NUM offices in their cars. Sunzeni Zogwane, president of NUM, ending our special look uh, at least for today uh, on moments before the Marikana massacre. You also heard AMCO president Joseph Matunjo there starting uh, that uh, particular segment. And of course, to commemorate the tragedy, a number of events have been planned by various stakeholders, including faith-based organizations and labor unions. Our reporter John Cho filed this report, voiced by Marumu Kekano. The event of a year ago at Marikana drew international attention following a series of violent incidents involving the police, Lonmin and two rival labor unions, NUM and AMKU. A number of activities are expected, including a rally by the newly formed Economic Freedom Fighters, EFF, led by former ANC Youth League President Julius Malema on Friday. EFF spokesperson Floyd Shibambo explains. Economic Freedom Fighters is going to be part of the commemoration in Marikana on the Friday, the 16th of August. And the Commander-in-Chief of Julius Malema will be addressing the commemoration event throughout the ordeal uh, as Economic Freedom Fighters who have been with the people of Marikana, who have been with the workers. And it's only right that we go there to commemorate the first anniversary, but also to make clear the message that one could deliver Chairperson of the South African Council of Churches, Bishop Josie Ock, says they will be advocating for peace during the commemoration. The church has uh, decided that it would uh, get involved in peacemaking, reconciliation, and therefore it has begun by saying prayers in the various shops at London in particular. And those will go on until Friday. And then on Friday, the service is open to everybody and it is actually uh, a service of commemoration of those who died on the uh, day of the massacre. Meanwhile, 
Two of the police officers who were killed at Marikana were being remembered at a provincial police prayer service held in Poshif's room. Warrant Officer Tieti Munene, who was on sick leave last year when he was called up to assist at the mine on this day. Munene, together with Warrant Officer Selolepaku, were hacked to death. According to Monene's sister, Elizabeth Maubani, Monene's wife declined the invitation to attend the commemoration at Poshif's room as she was still grieving. Maubani says the family still finds it hard to forget. I'm so emotional today. This is the day I will never forget in my life. What we need is closure. What happened to my brother? My brother will just want to, to know what happened to him, how he was. He was on duty wearing his uniform. He was a hero. He liked his job very much. The Maritana Commission of Inquiry is on and it's delaying. We want the truth. We want to get closure. Mine Workers Union, AMCU, has announced plans to commemorate the anniversary. The preparations for the commemoration are to be led by Advocate Dalim Pofu and Bishop Joe Sioka, as well as AMCU leader Joseph Matunjwa. NUM President Senzeni Zokwana has been invited to the event to deliver the message of support, however is yet to respond to the invitation. National Police Commissioner Ria Piecha urged South Africans to remember the tragedy responsibly and sensitively. She says there's hope to repair rift between the police and the communities. Marumo Kekana there filing that report, or rather revoicing that report filed by uh, our reporter John Cho. It's uh, half past now, time for the news headlines. Thank you very much. Uh, we'll see you then between 1 and 2, Shadow. Uh, great radio indeed still to come right here on 104 to 107. couple of SMSs coming through on 34701 and tweets at Kuala P News at SAFM Midday Live. Uh, this one says, uh, Stumutamini does not have the interest of uh, the working class in, uh, in his heart. He's just uh, serving his uh, boss in the Tuli House. That's a galaxy, uh, galaxy who in Hrunpunt. And the comrade Vavi did not rape anyone. We pop crew members support him. The leadership has pronounced themselves without a mandate from its constituency. That's a galaxy again in Hrunpunt. And uh, Bongs, this one says, uh, to whom do we belong under the whites we were killed? Uh, under this administration, we are killed, raped, robbed. Where do we uh, belong? That's uh, Fez Abdul there asking that uh, question. And this one says, I see Vavi joining Ahang in the next coming days from uh, Simpiwe in uh, Kakstad. And uh, let's go to the tweets now. At uh, Magwandana tweets, Kualapi uh, News, uh, Vavi has thrown himself into a trap that was long set for him. And uh, there is no turning back now. That's a, a tweet there coming through from Wilson uh, Magwandana. It's uh, 27 minutes to one. This is a midday live on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'll be reading uh, more of your SMSs coming through 34701. Heavily armed police have been deployed to the Pretoria North District Court where four suspects are expected or are appearing uh, for bail in the murder case of a Gauteng top cop Major General Tirani Maswangani, Tsepo Mosai, Roger Moseki, and Jenny Nefolovodwe and Ndaizo Vele were remanded in custody two weeks ago. For more on this now, we joined on the line by our reporter Fenwell Schumer. Good afternoon to you. Uh, good afternoon, Bondi and the listeners. And the court has adjourned for a few minutes, but what can you tell us? Well, uh, since this morning there has been a testimony from Tsepo Mosai. Uh, he's uh, accused number three in this case. He has just told the court that uh, on the 12th of June, uh, just five days before 
uh, top cop, Mr. Maswangani, was killed, that uh, he had a meeting with two of the accused where they discussed uh, uh, the sale of a gun, a Z88, that he promised to sell to them, uh, a gun uh, actually he was going to get from his brother. And he said after they couldn't agree on the price, which was 1,500 rand, he then decided to rent out the gun. But uh, as he was still testifying, he broke down and cried uh, as he tried to explain to the court that uh, at some stage he was picked up by the police and taken to a dark room somewhere where he apparently uh, he was apparently tortured. Then when he was supposed to explain how he was tortured, he started crying and the court was adjourned. And uh, at that point, uh, he was just about to explain uh, how did he sell the gun or rented out the gun. Uh, that point has not yet been verified in court. We are still going to hear that just after a few minutes when the court uh, resumes. Uh, I can tell you that everybody is listening attentively. The widow of uh, the late Mr. Masonga is here with some of his kids and relatives, and the court is packed with uh, heavily armed police. Thank you very much uh, to our reporter, Fenwell Schumer, at 25 minutes uh, to 1. This is a midday live on SFM. 104 to 107. We still hope to go to Egypt where at least 43 people were killed as police moved in to disperse two protest camps set up in Egypt's capital city of Cairo. A two-year-long audit by the South African Police Service as well as the Civilian Secretariat for Police last week revealed that 1,448 members who who have criminal records that include murder, rape and corruption are still active members of uh, the police force. So we'll be looking at uh, that particular story. But uh, let's go back now to uh, this day as uh, we mark the first anniversary of uh, the killing of uh, 44 people, the majority of whom were striking mine workers at Lonmin's Marikana Mine uh, in the platinum belt of uh, Rustenburg in the northwest. Uh, let's talk now to Tsepo Matlangu. He speaks on behalf of uh, the Marikana Commission of uh, Inquiry. As uh, you heard, uh, the commission uh, has adjourned Yet again till Friday, uh, the commission was today expected to decide on whether or, or not legal representatives of and uh, the injured and arrested Lonmin mine workers themselves have secured funding for the rest of uh, the commission. Uh, Mr. Mithang, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon to you, Tolani, and thank you for having me. Another postponement. Why? The judge this morning uh, articulated the reason. Uh, for allowing a, a further extension um, or postponing the sitting of the Commission up until Monday. Okay. Um, firstly, he, the Commission understands uh, that there will be commemorations, you know, from the side of the police, which I tried to yesterday, um, and, and, and those from AMCO. Uh, organ, you know, there's a, a cooperation that has been organized for this Friday, um, and the judge felt that in, in, in view of those de- de- developments, it is only fair um, for the commission to again and firstly allow members of the commission to be able to participate or attend those commemorations uh, as the country remembers uh, those that died in Madagascar last year. But uh, come Monday, it will, be, it will be business as usual for the Commission come Monday. 
Absolutely, absolutely. But the other reason which was also very critical, you would understand by now that, uh, you know, the issue of funding is still uh, bothering, uh, you know, heavily on the part of the Commission. Sure. On those that ex- that have actually um, told the Commission that they will actually not participate in the Commission going forward uh, until the issue of funding has been, has been resolved. Now, the the Commission through the judge is actively uh, you know, working behind the scenes to try and to facilitate uh, a body that we can't give any details up, up until now uh, until the, fun, the, the funding issue has been resolved. So we would expecting that at least by today we shall have had something positive, but we haven't. As a result, uh, the, the possible funder uh, ask for more days to be able, able to and then you know um, address us on the issue. Uh, and uh, hope. Ms. Matam, you're saying this is also one of the reasons why uh, uh, the, the commission, the sitting at least, was postponed to Monday. So if by Monday uh, the, the possible funder has not come forth to confirm the funding, uh, are we looking at another possible postponement? We, we want to believe that um, as there's been briefings behind the scenes and the next and they're on, that uh, by Friday we'll have a even a final resolution on this uh, And I think we would not want to preempt what the, the position, the respect of what the Commission will take on Monday going forward, uh, pending the outcome of the discussion. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tsepo Matlangu. He speaks on behalf of uh, the Marikana Commission of Inquiry. It's uh, 20 minutes to 1 on uh, Midday Live, 104 to 107. A two-year-long audit by the South African Police Service as well as uh, the Civilian Secretariat for Police last month revealed that 1,448 members who have criminal records that include murder, rape and corruption are still active members of uh, the police force. Today, the National Police Commissioner is expected to face tough questions from MPs at Parliament on uh, this uh, particular matter. We will be talking to Zelin Merrington uh, about uh, that uh, particular issue. In fact, she is on the line right now. Good afternoon to you, Zelin. Good afternoon. And uh, we're saying that uh, the National Police Commissioner was expected to face tough questions from the MPs today uh, about the fact that uh, at least 1,500 members of uh, uh, the police have criminal records, yet they are still active members. Yes, you know, actually, um, committee members were very upset with the National Police Commissioner because apparently she only sent a letter or a notification to the chairperson, uh, Annalise van Beek, late last evening to say that she will not attend. And that really infuriated many of the uh, committee members. Some actually wanted them, uh, wanted the meeting postponed. Um, and, the, you know, they were citing, saying that every time that the police commissioner must come here, there's an excuse or something happened and then she cannot attend um, the meeting. So um, it was a very, very heated first few. In, in fact, it, it is a, a, a quite a heated um, committee meeting this morning, and uh, they were very upset that the police commissioner was not here. Mm. And, and do we know why? Did she give any reasons why she was not going to attend? 
Well, she simply told, according to this notification that the chairperson read out to committee members, she just said that due to prior commitment, she will not be able to attend. Um, but besides that, um, there were two uh, commissioners that she sent, one in charge of HR in police, who spoke about the establishment of the new university at, at Paul in the Borland. And, and that also infuriated members because they say they're very surprised because they learned about a new police university through the newspapers um, and, and other forms of media. They didn't know. Um, of course, the um, committee is supposed to to uh, finalize um, a, a budget for, for such a, a type of facility for police, and that did not come via this uh, committee, so they were very upset about that. Mm. And they were also quite upset about the fact that um, the commissioner could not um, tell them about the cost involved, the budget for the next three years. Um, and, you know, it, it was just um, they, at the moment, are not satisfied with what they're hearing from uh, police mm. uh, commissioners. We also heard uh, about uh, this proposed uh, crucial uh, internal anti-corruption unit that is proposed, but uh, again, the issue of uh, uh, funding for this unit uh, was, was questioned. Yes, you know, that was another thorn um, in the flesh of the committee because um, they also, like... An hour into the committee, uh, the chairperson read a letter that she uh, apparently just received that time to say that the internal anti-corruption unit presentation will not be going ahead because actually the unit does not yet exist. Only a working group has been established. So um, chairperson Van Wyk, uh, Annelies Van Wyk then said that they will not be going ahead with that discussion and that um, the police department will have to come back for that. But they did discuss the criminality audit that was done, which found that um, nearly 1,500 members have criminal records. They are currently discussing that. Um, and issues, for instance, of the vetting of police officers um, under the spotlight at the moment. But what the committee also heard is that of that uh, 1,448 uh, police uh, members who have criminal records, um, only 306 had a criminal conviction prior to their appointment, and the, the remainder of 1,142 actually um, were convicted of crimes while in the employment of SAPs, and that is what is under discussion at the moment. And um, as you can imagine, committee members uh, are once again infuriated by what they are hearing. Thank you very much, Zeline Merrington. There, there you have, have it. Uh, National Police Commissioner was expected in Parliament today to talk to the MPs, but uh, she wrote a letter to them telling them that due to prior engagements, she's unable to attend today. The National Treasury has briefed the Appropriations Committee on the expenditure patterns of national government departments. This is a follow-up meeting of March 2013 where the department tabled the third quarter expenditure for the financial year 2012-2013. Lulama Macha is our reporter on this story. Lulama, what can you tell us? Uh, good afternoon, uh, Wongi. Uh, as you said, follow, following up the meeting of March 2013, uh, Treasury was here in Parliament again. Uh, they were now briefing uh, the Appropriations Committee on the first quarter of the year of, of, uh, about the spending of national departments. Basically, what Treasury was saying was that um, the spending by national departments is well on track. 
uh, except for the Department of Defense, which has spent uh, nearly 300 million more uh, than what they were supposed to have spent by this time of the year. And they are attributing that to uh, compensating employees, uh, as we know that in the first, after the first, uh, on the at the, at the beginning of a financial year, there's salary increases and stuff like that. So the Department of Defense and Military Veterans um, compensated its employees on that. Hence, they have spent uh, by nearly 300 million more. But what the National Treasury is saying that uh, they're expecting now uh, that the finances of the department would balance because uh, there's no, there's not any amount uh, that are needed to come out. So the CFO will be able to balance things by the time this financial year ends. Uh, they are expecting uh, that uh, the finances of the department will be well on track. Another thing that came out, Bongiwa, we hear that um, there's cash injection that went to the Development Bank of South Africa uh, from, 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 the FISC, from the national fiscals. And then uh, they also pass, uh, uh, benefited for the improving of the rail uh, system as well as Sandral. Uh, they also gave money to Sandral. So that's basically that, that the things as they look now are well on track. Lila Mamacha, thank you very much. It's a 13 minutes to one. With that, we give you your lunchtime market updates. Today's JSE report is brought to you by Telcom Business. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Mpo Moore is with uh, Sasfin Securities. Good afternoon to you, Mpo. How has uh, the weaker rand affected trade today? Uh, good afternoon, Bongi. Our market is trading higher within a whisker of the all-important uh, 43,000 level, helped by, as you mentioned, a weaker rand and a firmer close in the east. Markets are touch firmer in Europe, where the foot is up uh, 0.1%. Dex up 0.13% and the CAC 40 is 0.3% better. Back to the JC, we've got the Go Index down 1.15%. Resource Index up 0.74%. Industrial Index up 0.44%. Financial Index up 0.74%. The overall market is up 223 points or 0.52% to 42,908 points. And uh, we had results from uh, Ital Tile, Mondi Packaging, and uh, MTN Group. What can you tell us about that? Uh, we'll start uh, with uh, Ital Tile. They released their full year result. Uh, diluted headline earnings per share came in at uh, 47.2 cents. It's against 40.5 cents previously. A final dividend of uh, 8 cents per share was declared. Ital Tile is currently trading 6.6% higher at 6 cents and 41 cents. Mundi Packaging released their interim result. Uh, underlying earnings per share were up uh, 21%. To 77 cents and revenue was up 9.7 percent to three and a half billion rands. An interim dividend of 22 cents per share was declared. Mundi packaging is currently trading 3.7 percent lower at 26 rands and 86 cents. Lastly, MTN also had their interim results release. Diluted headline earnings per share were up 22 percent to 654 cents. It's against 536 cents previously. Group subscribers increased uh, 6.5% to 201 million rand. And uh, data revenue increased uh, 36.9% to 9 billion rands. An interim dividend of uh, 3 rand and 70 cents was declared. MTN is currently trading 1 and 3 quarters of a percent higher at 199 rands and 20 cents. Any big movers today? 
Uh, on the upside, we've got uh, EOH up uh, 3.25% to 63 rands and 50 cents. Group 5 up 2.7% to 41 rands and 10 cents. Rain Merchant Insurance up 2.3% to 28 rands and 5 cents. African Rainbow Minerals up 2.1% to 179 rands and 67 cents. Octodec up 2% to 20 rands and 39 cents. On the downside, with Harmony down uh, 4 and a quarter percent to 37 rands and 4 cents. MassMart down 3.7% to 153 rands and 64 cents. Naspair down 3.4% to 813 rands and 16 cents. Newtlix uh, down 2.5% to 57 rands and 57 cents. And lastly, Centum down 2% to 186 rands and 10 cents. And uh, your latest market indicators? The gold price is currently quoted $1,326.50 an ounce. Platinum $1,489.70 a fine ounce. Brent crude $105.88 per barrel. The Garmin R157 is selling a yield of 6.8%. And now to our currencies, the rent to the dollar is at 9 rands and 99 cents. The rent to the pound is at 15 rands and 45 cents. The rent to the euro is at 13 rands and 25 cents. Back to one. Thank you very much, M. Paul Morel of Suspin Securities. This feature was brought to you by Telcom Business. Talk to Telcom Business about getting you on the journey to convergence with a tailor-made solution. Telcom Business. Marilyn, I need a non-automated, hand-operated ink dispenser for the objective of on-paper documentation. A pen, sir? Yes. That's the word I was looking for. Using several words when one will get the job done doesn't make sense. Neither does using several providers when you can get voice, mobile, fixed data, cloud, and IT from one service provider. Call 10217, click telcom.co.za forward slash business, or visit a Telcom Direct store and get a tailor-made solution. Convergence. One solution, one service provider. Telcom Business. Midday Live on SAFM. 104 to 107. Cabinet has announced that uh, the intervention team deployed to the Limpopo province is currently undergoing a six-month withdrawal process from the province. The team came to Limpopo in 2011 after the province misappropriated 2.7 billion rand. Five departments were put under administration. One of those departments uh, is the Department of Education. It has come under fire from uh, pressure groups uh, such as uh, Section 27 uh, following uh, the non-delivery of essential textbooks and failure to improve the state of infrastructure in the province's school. Let's talk now to Nikki Stain. Uh, she speaks on behalf of uh, Section 27. Hi, Ms. Stain. Good afternoon to you. Afternoon and good afternoon to the listeners. What's your reaction to this? I think that um, we've got to recognize that a Section 100 intervention is designed to address a crisis situation. Um, it's not something that's supposed to be a permanent takeover of the province by the national executives. Um, but at the same time, it's important to determine whether the crisis has adequately been addressed um, through the Section 100 intervention. Um, there have been some positive movements that we've seen. For example, we have a sanitation plan from the Department of Education, which envisages the construction of toilets in over 400 schools in the province. Um, we have a plan for the delivery of furniture to over 200,000 learners in the province, Although none of the learners have received their furniture yet, um, it is a positive move that there is a plan in place. Um, there are still some underlying issues that we're concerned about. We're concerned about continued corruption in the province, which is not being addressed adequately. Um, we're concerned about the fact that the Department of Education doesn't seem to have 
appropriate communication systems um, to allow open discussions with schools and communication of problems either way. Um, we're concerned about the data that's held by the Department of Education. It's mm. not clear that they have up-to-date data about how many schools and how many learners there are. In our view, these should be issues that are addressed by the Section 100 intervention. But uh, the, the improvements you're talking about uh, were brought about by the administrators themselves. Now that uh, they are leaving, do you think uh, it was too soon? I think that the improvements are brought about as a result of work um, between the administrators and officials in the provincial department as well as other stakeholders such as civil society organizations. Um, it's difficult to say what's going to happen once the national executive withdraws. Um, we hope that they have properly equipped the province with what they need to. Um, we hope also that they will, by the time they withdraw, address all of the problems that had come up before and contributed to problems, for example, of textbook delivery, of improper school sanitation and infrastructure. Um, it's very important that those responsible for those problems are held accountable for that. Nick Stain speaking on behalf of uh, Section 27. Thank you very much. Time now for Create with uh, Michelle Constant. Create.